greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn move related show on the planet Earth, the John Campion Show, coming to you from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campion, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around to talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, television, all sorts of good things. And joining us today is our very own bat shark repellent in our bat belts, the one and the only Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you doing today, sir? Wow, that's a that's a deep cut all the way back to the 66 Batman. I like that. I'll take it. That's why I'm on this show. One of the all-time classic scenes yeah. ever in cinematic history. And, oh, Rob, if only there was something for us to talk about today. Gosh, John, um, you know, no news, <laughs> boring, who knows, you know. Boring, maybe no hum, uh, whatever. But but I'm going to let uh, people know, you know, we uh, one bit of exciting news that you and I were just talking about. You and I bought movie tickets. We did. Robert and I are going to drive to Las Vegas on Thursday just so we can go and watch New Mutants. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We got we've got AMC Prime uh, Prime theaters, so I'm all excited about that. But hey, listen, guys, we do have a couple of things to talk about here today. We're going to spend the majority of our time here today talking about one particular topic, but we do have another one as well. But here's how we're going to break down today's show. We are going to do these big topics that we just talked about. And then in the second half of the show, we're going to go and take your live comments and questions. And you can submit a live comment or question right now simply by going to the tip link that's in the top of the description of this video, or you can enter it manually, streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip and you will be getting your comment or question on the show and of course you'll be supporting the show at the same time and we thank you very much for that now of course rob the main thing we're going to talk about here today that we will get to in just a second um scientists reported yesterday that um the the biggest i guess and most convincing proof for the existence of god happened yesterday as ben affleck has it's been announced is coming back to be batman so we will get a, a bit of, to quote myself from yesterday holy shit fuck ben affleck is coming back as batman okay so but we will talk about that in a second because actually one other thing has come up here off the top that we need to address and that is this now of course one oh. of the movies that we have really been waiting for to be like that first penguin in the water, really, for all intents and purposes. The first big movie that we've been waiting for is, of course, Christopher Nolan's Tenet. And of course, the new Christopher Nolan movie is going to be amongst your most highly anticipated movies, period, anyway. Well, the first reviews have dropped, Robert. The first reviews for Tenet are here, and they're looking pretty good. As a matter of fact, right now, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it is currently sitting at an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, maybe a little lower than I was expecting, but by most movie standards, it's an outstanding score. So let's go over here for a second and, and take a look at what actually some of the actual critics here are saying. So let's go on over and take a look at this. So the, we're going to we get this from where are we getting? To? Oh, we're getting this. That's right. From our friend's screen. Cross. So Variety wrote. A concrete cornucopia of global chaos and threat in which humanity's survival depends on the minor matter of reshaping time and space. Tenet looks well suited to an anxious age. New York Times writes, Tenet dazzles the senses, but it does not move the heart. 
Anyway, the rap rights has the spectacle and the apocalyptic event movie grandiosity to tempt people into cinemas. All right. Uh, Slash film rights. Tenet should exclusively be experienced on the biggest screen possible, which is admittedly no small feat given our current COVID circumstances. IndieWire writes, like witnessing a Sermon on the Mount preached by a savior who speaks exclusively in dour, drawn out riddles. Any awe is flattened by the follow up questions. Now, listen, that kind of just speaks to a lot of the reviews are saying we're seeing here, Rob, mostly pretty positive, but also there seems to be a sense as you read through all the different reviews that this is a movie that maybe got a little bit absorbed in its own self-importance a little bit, maybe like overall, like you saw 87%, they're liking it. They're saying this is a spectacle film. You got to see it on the big screen. For the most part, they seem to enjoy it, but I've also read things in some of the reviews like you're not going to be able to follow it. I've heard some things like there's so much uh, didactic information that's just being leveled out uh, at certain points in the film that you're kind of you will find it difficult to keep it all in order uh, in your head and that it'll lose you sometimes along the way. And that's always something that filmmakers got to be very, very aware of. Sometimes filmmakers, they think they're too smart for their own good and they think and then they leave their audience behind. But again, 87% generally positive reviews. This is a good thing. Just maybe not as good as we were kind of thinking. Maybe it's so funny. You know, you must be talking about a Christopher Nolan movie when we're talking about an 87% rating. And the first question we're asking is what went wrong? You know, you must be talking about somebody on the level of Christopher Nolan. If an 87% is making me ask what went wrong. But anyway, Rob, you had a chance to take a look at these first reviews coming out. I know this is one of your most highly anticipated movies of the year. What did you think? Well, <clears throat> the thing that gets me initially excited is how everybody's comparing it to a globe-trotting Bond movie with beautiful locations and exotic people. And uh, somebody, when one of the reviews said all of the bespoke uh, suits and costumes that people are wearing are so gorgeous that you want to reach into the screen and touch them. And I felt that way when I was saw, seeing the trailers. What... Uh, and one of somebody said um, that it was like the, it was like the the last half an hour of the movie is like the end, or it's like Back to the Future Two meets Edge of Tomorrow, and I'm like, all right, you know, I'm I'm into that, but people haven't been blown away, you know. All of the reviews are are talking about how it's a beautifully made, elegant, fun film to watch, but it's strangely distancing. And I kind of felt that way about the trailers. Whereas when I saw the trailer for Inception, I'm like, oh my God, I, I have to see this. But if you really, aside from the time inversion idea of the film, which I don't quite understand even reading the reviews, I didn't, I didn't feel like the, the trailer kind of left me cold. I really loved watching it. It looked great, but I didn't feel it. And whereas with Inception, I did. I had this this feeling like, oh my God, I have to see that right now. But I've built Tenet up in my mind so much that I need to like, maybe these reviews are like a, a cold water to the face where I'm just going to not think that this is the second coming of, I don't know, Jesus. And I can, I can, it's not the Messiah. It's just a movie and I need to chill out and remember that and enjoy it for what it is. Right. And I think, but again, I think a lot of us need to keep in mind, uh, remember, Rob and I have not seen this movie. <laughs> we're, we're simply reacting yeah, to I've the reviews and the reactions that we've seen. Um, and, and again, I, I I want to keep in mind here, if this was any other film by any other filmmaker, 
I think people would be tripping over themselves, but it's Christopher Nolan who right. has developed a reputation for himself as being, if not the best, certainly amongst the very best filmmakers in the art, in the industry, in the world today. And everybody's been waiting for this inception and here it is and it's 87% and we're like, why is it only 87%? Which I'm asking as well. So it's gonna be really interesting because uh, listen, one of my things, and we talked about this before when we talked about the inception trailers, they haven't done a really good job in these trailers. I mean, the first trailer, the wonderment of it. Okay, kind of like the first Inception trailer did for me. But after that first Inception trailer, they got into, now here's the movie you're coming to see. And we never really got that with the Inception marketing. I was still excited just because it's Christopher Nolan. And I still am excited because it's got 87%. But I, I, it, again, just the trailers never did a great job for me telling me the story. So that makes me wonder, is this story convoluted enough that people who make trailers couldn't actually figure out a way to communicate what this movie is about in a simple two and a half minute trailer. So I don't know. Question is, guys, what do you think about the reviews? Again, by any movie standards, they're exceptionally great. These are great reviews, but not by Christopher Nolan's standards. So what do you think about what we're reading? Jump down into the comment section below and let me know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's get into the real main thing that we are here to talk about today. And that is, of course, the glorious magnificent, omniscient return of one Ben Affleck as Batman. We go to our one and only question today. We're going to spend most of our time today talking about this, but Barry Austin writes in, Hey, John and Rob. Okay. So yesterday's Ben Affleck announcement was crazy. And I loved your live reaction to the news. Of course, we did a quick live video quick. It was like quite long. We did a, we did a live a stream as soon as the news came out about this yesterday. I had to change my pants too. Question, how big or small do you think this role will be in Flash and what are the chances that this is more than just a one-shot thing? Could we see a new Batflick movie, an HBO series, something more? What is going to happen? All right, thanks a lot for sending that in, man. And yep, the glory hallelujah news of all glorious news came yesterday. The pants were wet. It was Ben Affleck's announcement of his return. Now, Rob, one of the things I said uh, on my live stream yesterday, it's like, you know, we, we love surprises. We love surprises. But the surprises that are really special are the ones you really did not expect. Right. And, you know, while I've always said anything's possible, and you remember about a year ago, I, I said, you know, I'm hearing some stuff in Warner Brothers with the new leadership in there that maybe, you know, Ben Affleck is reforging his relationship with the people, Warner Brothers, who knows. But but amongst all that saying, reporting that and saying that I think anything is possible for any practical, all intents and purposes, I never thought, given all the circumstances, that Ben would actually come back. Because we needed two things to happen. Number one. We needed Warner Brothers to want him back. And number two, we needed Ben to be interested in doing it. And with all the stuff that we know, that seemed extremely unlikely. And so I had written it off in my head. This isn't going to happen. I just have to accept. It doesn't matter that he's my favorite Batman. I just have to accept this ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. And then it happened. It's glorious. It just, it just, it just took, it just took my reaction to the next level, and I was super excited about it. Now, listen, I want us to go back to really the exclusive in Vanity Fair yesterday about the announcement. This is something I quoted yesterday, but I think it's worth repeating here because I think there's a lot of information in this one paragraph from Vanity Fair that I think is going to kind of become the the crux of what it is we're going to talk about here today. So that's we start off with this. 
Affleck got the script at the end of last week and agreed this week to join the project. He's a very substantial part of the emotional impact of the movie. This is Andy Muschietti, the director of the, the upcoming director of the new Flash movie. He's a very substantial part of the emotional impact of the movie. The interaction and relationship between Barry and Affleck's Wayne will bring an emotional level that we haven't seen before, says the, the director added. It's Barry's movie. It's Barry's story. But their characters are more related than we think. They both lost their mothers to murder. So that's one of the emotional vessels of the movie. That's where Affleck's Batman kicks in. So that's what we hear from Andy Muschietti and, and, uh, and the movie. So, Rob, I talked a lot on the live stream yesterday. I know you did a live show uh, yesterday addressing this as well. So getting past having to change pants and getting past the heavens opening and the angelic choirs coming out proclaiming the return of Affleck as Batman and getting past all of that, we <laughs> are idea. all of that happened, by the way. <laughs> and oh, yeah, no, I literally looked happened. up in the sky, saw the heavens part and the angels came out to proclaim Ben Affleck coming back. But but it does raise questions still. I mean, I, I, the excitement and all that kind of stuff aside. It raises some significant questions that, that we should look at and address. So let's look at a couple of these questions, some of which were brought up in the email, uh, some of which weren't, but we're seeing a lot of people ask around and, and ask online. Question number one that we have here, how big or small will this role be, right? How big or small of a role will this be? Now, if this feels um, a little bit like deja vu, because we did have a very similar conversation when we were talking about Michael Keaton, when they announced that he would probably be in the Flash movie. You know, we had these discussions, how big, how small of a role, all that kind of stuff. So how big of a will it be? Some people are suggesting online. There are some outlets that are claiming they have sources that are saying it is really just going to be a cameo. There are some people believing this is going to be a legit co-starring role, Rob. A legit co-starring role. I... Listen, the real answer here is none of us know. We don't know how big or small of a role this will be. I'll tell you what I'm leaning towards, what I think it'll be, and why I think that. I think it's going to be fairly small. I, I think we're talking about maybe about five minutes in this movie. And I'll tell you now, I won't be surprised if it's 20 minutes either. I won't be surprised. But right now I'm leaning more towards it's like a five-minute appearance, whatever. And I'll tell you why. Let's go back to that comment, that quote that came from Vanity Fair. It says this, Affleck got the script just at the end of last week. That's when he got the script. End of last week. You know, they start, they start shooting this movie pretty soon. Yeah, allegedly. They've said that for three years. But allegedly, they're going to start shooting this movie pretty soon. And they're saying Affleck just got the script last week and just accepted it this week. Uh, he just accepted to join the project. He's a very substantial part not of the movie. Listen to this. He's a very substantial part of the emotional impact of the movie. So that's really not answering anything. He's not a substantial part of the movie because that might suggest it's a lot. He's a substantial part of the emotional impact of the movie. That could mean he's in there for 30 seconds. That could mean he's in there for 30 minutes. So there's not really a, a lot to go there on. Rob, the reason I'm leaning towards, I'm thinking it's going to be around the five minutes mark is that first thing that the Vanity Fair article said. Ben Affleck just got this script last week and he just accepted it this week. That tells me a couple things. One, script's done. They wrote it. Two, you couldn't have possibly written a major part 
for this Ben Affleck involvement. You couldn't have written that major of a part if there still existed the possibility, as you're this close to shooting, if there still existed the possibility that he could look at it and say no. So them just showing it to him last week, what that suggests to me, just suggests, what it suggests to me is that that means they were ready for Ben to either say, yes, I'll do it or no, I won't. It, it, it must be a not small, but small enough part in the movie that if Ben looked at it last week and said, not interested, they're, they're like, okay, cool. It doesn't really affect us that much. We just won't do that one or two scenes, whatever. We're good. We're still good. Because you'd think if it was really vital, they would have needed him to sign off on this eight months ago. They would have needed him to sign off on this a year ago. You know, you would think if it was a big significant part where it's like, oh, if he said no, well, then we're screwed. I mean, what do we do? We're totally screwed. So I think the fact that they just had him look at it last week suggests to me that it was a role that it's, it's great if he accepts it. And if he doesn't, it's okay. We can just ignore those scenes and not do them. So I'm thinking it's leaning towards a smaller part. But, but Rob, to counter my own point, there's something very important we need to keep in mind. And it's so important, I am going to bring up I'm going to bring up this the, the, the chalkboard here just for a second. This is important. WB lies. Let, let's not forget about this. Warner Brothers lies. And I don't even mean that as a criticism because sometimes they do it for the most professional of reasons. But it, Rob, it wasn't that long ago that we knew Ben Affleck had already departed the Batman movie. We knew. Years ago. We knew. And yet for another year, they kept up the facade and the lie. Oh, no, no, Ben. Uh, Ben's just not directing now because, uh, oh, he just thinks it'd be too much to try to direct and star at the same time. We now know for a fact he had already stepped away from the movie, period. He had already stepped away when he got on stage at Comic-Con and said, I'm Batman. I'm, I would walk on all fours for Matt Reeves to be in a Batman movie. Of course, you know, alluding to his Planet of the Apes movies, blah, blah, blah. At that point, he had already stepped down. They were lying. But they were doing for professional reasons. And they were lying, Rob, in a way that was inconsequential, right? It doesn't really matter that they're telling us one thing. It's just a perception thing. Unlike a different type of lying that I think Disney did when Alan Horn, I still to this day contend they were they straight up lied through their teeth. When Alan Horn, when they fired James Gunn and said, oh, we had no idea he had tweeted such things. Okay, you're either completely incompetent that you did no background check on these people that you're actually investing millions and millions of dollars in, or you are flat up lying through your teeth. You knew what he had tweeted years ago, and you're just saving face right now and saying that you didn't. See, that's a different kind of lie. And, and hey, listen, I love Alan Horn, but I was very critical of that lie. Warner Brothers, it's all just PR stuff. It's all just eh, whatever. So... There is a possibility that even though I'm saying, I mean, he only got the script last week, so that means it couldn't be that big of a role. Eh, maybe they're all lying through their teeth. Maybe he got this script five months ago. Maybe it was five months ago that this all came. I mean, so I don't know. But on face value, Rob, I'm going to say on face value, while I won't be surprised if it's like a huge major part. I think the evidence right now suggests it's going to be a relatively small part. I'm going to go for around the five to six minutes of screen time. Rob, you see all this kind of stuff. How big of a role do you think Ben Affleck is going to play in this Flash movie? Well, I see it a little bit differently than you do. Um, we have now heard that 
that the new executives, the new overlords at Warner Brothers, the AT&T folks, they approached, because of them, they approached Zack Snyder back last November about opening up the Snyder Cut, making that a possibility. I think once that happened, and with with the success then of Joker, it probably solidified that this new direction that Walter Hamada was taking the studio in was a good one. I think when they say they showed Ben Affleck the script last week, he already knew. That was just a formality. He was told what was going to happen. Andy Muschietti explained his entire vision for this whole thing. The Flash movie has gone through so much tumult and craziness and people coming and going. This time, they were going to make it work. They know that the Snyder Cut is happening. Ben Affleck, ben Affleck was not a happy camper when Justice League came out. He wasn't in a good place in his professional career, in his personal life. Now he's got Ana de Armas. He's got a new movie at Paramount, which obviously probably took a while to get, in, get going. They've had a whole, almost a whole year to plan their new strategy. He was asked, probably told what they wanted to do with him. And he's like, that sounds great. I will tentatively agree to do what you want based on what you've told me. But I, I, I am retaining the right of refusal based on the script that you're writing. There is no way that they went forward and wrote a script without him knowing all about this, knowing exactly how they wanted to use him. Because Annie Machete in the same article, the Vanity Fair article, underneath the quote that you said, he says, I'm glad to be collaborating with someone who has been on both sides of the camera too, Muschietti said. He understands. He knew. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised if they were consulting with him about his part while they were writing the script because he's an Academy Award-winning screenwriter himself, so why wouldn't you? And so when he finally saw the script, that was something he probably, I'll bet you, he was consulting on that script the whole time they were writing his part. No and chance. When he no when he chance. Write, nope. I, 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 look at what's been going on. This is not an isolated there's thing. There's nothing that suggests that they were that Ben Affleck was, there's nothing in any report or anybody's of statements course, because that they suggests never, he was consulting would, on the screenplay. They would never say that, but that's I agree they wouldn't say that, but by the time, by the time spaceless. we ever, but that's not how Hollywood works. By the time we hear about things that have happened, it's they've already happened. We're hearing I agree news with that. that has I agree been, with that. been done. This was done months ago. And it was only until Ben Affleck finally signed on the dotted line. The same reason when they announced the Snyder Cut, what was it, back in March, whenever they, they had that event, when they announced the Snyder Cut was happening, they already made deals with all of the actors. They already had all their ducks in a row because they couldn't have anybody come in and go, well, I haven't signed on the dotted line. This has been going on for months. As a matter of fact, I'll bet it was part of the negotiations they had with Ben Affleck to do the Snyder Cut. And I think that they, to me, what's I think the best news about this is it shows just how deep into planning all of this they are. There is no more haphazard, we're going to recut Suicide Squad, and uh-oh, Batman v Superman didn't make a billion dollars, so let's, let's pivot and change. All that's gone. Now they're planning. Now they know what they're doing. They've got a, they've got a plan. They knew this was happening. And the thing they're saying about, oh, we read it last week, that was just the final dotting the I and crossing the T. 
Uh, they wouldn't. They're never going to say that he consulted because you know why? They can't because according to Guild rules, the WGA, which I'm sure he's a member of, you can't say that he was consulting because then he would have to get paid or contribute to the script. But if you call someone up and go, "Hey, man," you know, this was all informally done because if it was going to be done officially, then you'd have to you'd have to paper that deal up. I think you're and going I, way too far. I I I just there there is nothing that actually that remotely suggests that he was actually consulting on the screenplay. I there think is nothing that suggests so it, that. But the but that's but you know the but way But I agree with you. I done. think there's a lie going on here. I do think there's a lie going on here. I I I don't believe for a second that Affleck to your point. I don't believe for a second that Affleck just discovered that they were interested in him to be in this Flash movie a week ago. I don't buy that for a second. I, I, I think you're 100% right about that. I don't believe that. I believe as soon as they knew they wanted to put this part in, I think they probably gave him a phone call and say, hey, look, 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 we're, we're going to write this part for you in this movie. And when we're done, we'd like you to look at it. But can you just tell us now if there's absolutely no interest here so we don't waste our time? Will you be open to reading it if we put this in? And obviously, I think they probably did that and they and that he gave them the go ahead and they talked to him about what they'd like to do. But I don't think he ever sat down. So here's where I think we should go with the story, guys. I just don't think there's any evidence there to suggest oh, I'm that I'm not that saying happened. he's did that, but I'm, I, I, I'm oh, okay. willing to bet you that they consulted with him. You know, I, I mean, they, if like, I consulted, they weren't, they weren't, you mean they gave him a call and say, look, we're going to be doing this and we're thinking about making this part for you in this movie. Are you cool with us doing that and then showing it to you later that maybe you agree to it? Like, if, you, if that's what you mean by consult. Oh, yeah. No, but no, if you mean I, like he I, actually I think, sat down with them to write script. No, I don't. No, no. I don't think he sat down to write the script. But I do think okay. that he 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 was they told him they didn't. This was this was not one phone call and then another phone call. This was multiple phone calls. This was Muschietti having conversations with Ben Affleck, director to director. You know, if we were going to do this, let me let, let's let me feel you out because one of the things I think is is important. What they've said about the movie in this um, article, the Batman's Flash relationship, as established in Justice League, was a really good relationship. When 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 Batman first when Bruce Wayne first goes to meet the Flash, and I think they use that and they're going to extrapolate that. And they talk about in the article how the relationship Flash and Batman have, that's going to be the baseline of what our universe is supposed to be. They probably, it's going to, they're friends now. They have a mutual understanding because they both lost parents. So we're going to see that the reality, the real world that our Flash belongs to is going to be defined by his relationship with Bruce Wayne or Batman. That's going to show us the normality, normality of their world and how things work. And so when the flashpoint paradox happens, however it happens in the film, when we meet uh, the Michael Keaton, Bruce Wayne, their relationship is going to be vastly different, but the flash is going to be like, but you and I are, and it's going to be, no, I don't know you, buddy. You know, I don't know. There is no flash in my universe. I don't, I, you know, and so you have so, to. So, sorry, I got, we're, we, we still have a, a ton of questions. We're running out of time here. But uh, let me bring it back to the actual main question that you haven't answered yet. How much of this movie is Ben Affleck going to be in? I think, he, you know what? I, I, I'll give, I would say 25 minutes. You're going to go gonna, that big? It's really? It's happen. They're gonna. It's gonna be a sequence at the beginning and a sequence at the end, and it, because keep in mind, you have to, you're gonna go to the real world. The real world's gonna be altered, and then you come back to the real world. Because remember, and by the way, Iron Man, they're gonna have an arc. 
the the Ben Affleck Batman and the Flash are going to have an arc that is paid off throughout the film based on Flash's experience uh, in Flashpoint. I, I think that may be going too far, but it, who knows? It could be like 45 minutes. Remember, the a lot of people are comparing this to the Iron Man role in Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, Iron Man had 14 minutes in that movie. So you think we're going to see even more Batman than we saw uh, Iron no, Man in Homecoming? That's a pretty good ex I think that's a pretty good reference i think i i think that's exactly the kind of thing that they're going to do i think that's a really good model now that you brought that up so we are you going to switch here from 25 minutes down then because iron man was in 14 I say, minutes i would say anywhere between 14 to 25 minutes okay so really chunky significant really chunky yes. significant i'm going to go with five i'm going to go with five um but i did listen before we get to the other questions i did make this the topic of today's question of the day and unfortunately oh no there it is i do have it still here i made that the topic of today's question of the day and how much do you guys think he's actually going to be in the movie this is what you guys said right now 20 percent of you are saying he's going to be under five minutes 38 percent of you this is where i fall 38 percent of you are saying five to ten minutes i'm thinking six seven minutes maybe um 27% of you are saying 10 to 20 minutes and 16% of you are saying over 20 minutes. Right now we've got 4,500 of you guys have voted on that. I'm going to leave that poll up there. Go ahead and jump on over there. Rob makes some pretty compelling points. Maybe you think it's going to be a little bit more. I think I made a couple of compelling points. Maybe it's going to be a little bit less. Jump on over there and let us guys, let us know how much of this movie do you think he's actually going to appear in. Jump on over there and let us know your thoughts. All right. We still have a couple of important questions to address though rob still a couple of important questions to address so let's go on to the next question that a lot of people have been bringing up here and that question is going to be the question about well okay what comes next in other words could this lead could this be a, a door opening to more things like is this is this ben coming back to do a proper swan song because you know, his departure was surrounded by controversy and, of course, the whole drama of everybody knew he was leaving, but they kept denying that he was. And then, you know, sad Affleck and all this nonsense. Is this just a proper, better way to be a send off for Ben Affleck as Batman? Or does his appearance in this movie potentially signify more things to come? That him coming back in Flash is but the doorway to a new Batflick movie. Or maybe he gets to do that screenplay. Which, by the way, the insiders of Warner Brothers who read that Ben Affleck screenplay for his Batman all said it was fantastic. A couple of them said it's the best Batman script they ever read. So is there a possibility we see Ben back as Batflick directing? Get Joe Manganiello in as Deathstroke like he originally planned? Maybe yes, maybe no. Rob... I can see a solid, solid arguments for either of those two positions. This is met. This is going to be a proper, classy send off for Affleck, or is it an opening door? Which way are you leaning on this? What do you think? Well, what this what this movie specifically does is it sets up for the mass audience, which is what they need to go to these movies. You know, if you're not steeped in comic book lore and you go see Flashpoint and you see Ben Affleck and you see Michael Keaton. That helps the general audience understand that all bets are off, that you can see a Robert Pattinson Batman and understand that's a different universe than the Michael Keaton Batman. My mother would now understand that if I took my mother to see Flashpoint and she would get it like, oh, so then 
you could go do. As a matter of fact, John, I'll go even further. I think there's already been a decision made about a Ben Ben Affleck Batman in the affirmative. And I think that if this movie does well, that's probably part of his deal. If there's certain box office bumps or whatever, we're going to go back and we're going to revisit that script. Because remember, he's an Academy Award winning screenwriter. Everybody wanted to see that movie. And if people really did like that script, well, then again, Warner Brothers already paid the money to have that developed. So if this movie is good and you can have a send off for Affleck's Batman with the with Deathstroke, why not do it? I mean, it's already there. They've already spent money on it. It's already a project that went through active development. And Warner Brothers is, is a studio that they don't let go of stuff. They make things that they've been trying to make for 20 years. So if Ben Affleck, I mean, he's getting older. And I don't know if he wants to get in Batman shape now again. He, he probably won't have to do it when he's not front and center in a movie for two hours. So that's why he can get away with it for Flashpoint. But if he really wants to come back, I mean, he look at him lately. Pictures of him in public. He's looking pretty good. Yeah, you know, dating off, Anna he, de Armas will do that for out, you. Yeah, he's off the booze, it looks like. He's not bloated. He looks pretty happy. He looks, I mean, he looks fit. I'm telling you, man, if, you got, if you've got joy from Blade Runner 2049 uh, in your life, that's pretty good. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll actually even go one step further than you on this. And to be clear, first of all, let me say, if I had to put five bucks on this, I'll put five bucks that this is a one-shot thing. I, I would put $5 that this is Ben coming back to do a proper classy send-off. He's got a lot of stuff lined up already for other things. Mm -hmm. But that said, I wouldn't bet $10 on that. Right. Like if I had to go over under, I'd say under 50% that he does another Batman appearance after this. But I'd go over 40% that he does it. So I think it's close. But I'll tell you this. It will have nothing to do with how this Flash movie does. Because to something you said just before that, because I think you were right about the first thing you said, which is the decision has already been made. Mm -hmm. I don't think the massive, I don't think if the Flash movie makes a billion dollars, it'll affect the decision. I don't think if it makes $300 million, it'll affect the decision. I think it has been decided that either A, this is a, hey, okay, guys, I'll come back. I'll do a one-shot thing, but I'm in a healthy place in my life now. I don't want to get back to where I was before. I'm in a healthy place now. I'll come back, do a send-off, whatever. Or it, is either, it has been decided that, okay, I'll come do this Flash thing. But I want that damn Batman movie that I wrote and was supposed to direct, you sons of bitches. I mean, so it's one of the two, right? I, I really don't think the, the, the result of Flash is going to have any impact on it. If they've decided it's a one-shot thing, I don't think a billion-dollar box office return is going to change it. If they've already decided and committed, okay, Ben, we'll let you do the Batman movie you wrote. you damn right you let him do that Batman movie he wrote. If they have already decided that, it doesn't matter if Flash makes $200 million at the box office, they're going to have Batman do it. They're going to have Ben... I'm not even calling him Ben Affleck anymore. I'm just calling him Batman. They're going to let Ben Affleck do it. So, while I would... If I had to guess, if I had to guess, my guess is because he's in such a better place in his life right now, my guess is that it's one shot thing, but I, but barely, barely I'll lean that way. I, I think there's a very good possibility it could open the door to other stuff, but I agree with what you said. I think that decision has been made. I think that decision has been made, which what decision is it? I'm not really sure. You're leaning towards the decision has been made. He's going to do more, right? 
I, I think, look, we live in a different world now where it used to be that movies and television were where people either worked in television or they worked in movies. With the streaming world, that's no longer true. You look at films like The Old Guard. Charlize Theron, an Academy Award winning actress, will jump in between a Netflix streaming movie and a the theatrically released film. Uh, HBO Max with their new overlords at AT&T, anything is possible now. You know, with, with Netflix making $200 million deals with Hemsworth and uh, um, Chris Pratt and the Russo brothers, I think that there's a lot more uh, opportunity here, and I think Ben Affleck is going to keep his options open because, man, people are getting paid these days. They and are why indeed. not? Okay, so I'm going to lean towards thinking that it'll be a one-shot, but very open that, very, very strongly open that could be much more than that. Rob, it sounds like you're leaning towards that. It's already decided he is going to do more. Well, I don't know if he's going to come back as a doing a standalone Batman film, but I think Well, no, that, no, but he'll yes. be back, that he'll be back, whether it's in he's another... Coming, I think he w he's definitely like, whatever. Okay, and I think if he comes back... I think if he, uh, I, this is based on no insider information. I think if he, if he comes back after Flash... It's because he said, yeah, you know that Batman movie I spent two and a half years developing? I want to yeah. make that thing. Yeah. And 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 so so I can dream. I don't think that'll happen, but I'm going to but I didn't think he'd come back as Batman at all either. So I'm going to try to ride this momentum. All right. Let's move on to the next question here. The next question that this whole bat that we've seen a lot of people asking regarding the Batman stuff is this. Is this an indication that Henry Cavill returning is a done deal? Rob, the one of the things I said when a bunch of people brought this up yesterday was this, was I I think it was pretty clear that Henry Cavill returning as Superman is already a done deal before the Ben Affleck announcement. Like, remember, the major trades already reported that Cavill and Warner Brothers were already in negotiations for him to return. I think him returning is already a, a, an assumed thing. It's a done deal. He is returning. It's just a matter of when are they going to make it official? And when he returns, is it returning in a standalone tr proper Man of Steel 2? Is it appearing in Black Adam? Whatever. Those are, those are the only questions left. But I already kind of feel like Henry Cavill returning is already a done deal. It's just a matter of the details we're working out right now. Rob, the question we put to you then is the same thing. Is this Batfleck announcement does this push the needle? Does this pretty much assure that Henry Cavill returning is a sure thing? I, I saw something on online that I thought was very compelling about that. Um, I think Dwayne The Rock Johnson is represented by his ex-wife. That's who his is manager. Also, who is also, also Henry Cavill's manager. Yes. And Dwayne The Rock Johnson wants to fight Superman. And 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 I think that a lot of this has been engineered. I mean, there's a lot of powerful forces. Dwayne Johnson is the highest paid movie star in the world. And Warner Brothers has got him. Uh, and and when you've got him, you're no longer is anybody developing superhero movies as one offs. They're thinking about them as trilogies or part of a wider or larger universe. And I think that that is enough for me to consider the fact that. I believe that there is a deal that has been made with Henry Cavill to return as Superman in some way, shape, or form. And that deal probably has already been signed. I agree. I I think it has. Yeah, I agree. So I think I, I don't think this Batflip thing changes that at all. I, I think it was already a done deal, whether it's the Black Adam thing. My, my only... My only apprehension about it being Black Adam is, is Henry Cavill going to agree to make his first return as Superman to be second fiddle in somebody else's movie? No, Maybe. I... I 
I don't think he is. I don't necessarily. I think that if anything, they're going to set up the post credit scene in that movie. Mm. It's going to be it, it, that's, and, and because whenever that movie gets made, you know, there they'll you will probably know that there's a Superman movie getting made before we see Black Adam, but they would be foolish if they don't put in like either Superman and Captain Shazam together facing Black Adam or something. I mean, it's it's. I, I think they know what they're going to do, and I think I think Warner Brothers is going to be spending the next five years making us all very happy as far as their <laughs> DC movies go. All right, then let's move on to the final uh, one we got lined up here that that I've had a lot of people talking about and asking, and and that final question is: Will Flashpoint? Is it possible? Because I had a few people write this in, and I'm seeing this getting some traction online. That Flashpoint, they're going to do something in it that ends Ben Affleck's Batman and brings in and introduces or sets up the Pattinson uh, or the Pattinson Batman as the new Batman in the universe. Rob, my, my initial feelings about this, although we are living in an era where anything is possible and that could very well happen. Here's why I'm guessing it won't. And I mentioned this on my live stream yesterday is that you got to understand when Matt Reeves agreed to make the Batman movie and he had his movie in mind and he started scripting out his movie and he set out what his movie was going to be. Flashpoint was not going to be the Flash movie. Remember this, when Matt Reeves was doing his script, we are talking two versions of what the, and two sets of directors ago of what the Flash movie was going to be. What the Flash movie at that time when Matt Reeves was starting to write his Batman stuff, it was going to be a totally different Flash movie than the one we're going to get with Andy Muschietti, right? Because it went through different directors and then different writers and then Ezra Miller wanted to do his own thing and they eventually rejected that and then they went with, you know, what Muschietti is doing with his screenwriter. So Matt Reeves wrote his Batman movie, wrote his, ba his, his Pattinson, his Pattinson, if you will, Without any thought to Flashpoint or anything like that, just wasn't a thing. That doesn't preclude, Rob, the possibility of them later adapting that. Absolutely. So I'm going to go much like I have with some of the other questions here. I'm going to slightly lean towards, for that reason, I'm going to lead towards, I don't actually think Robert Pattinson's Batman movie, Matt Reeves's Batman movie, I don't think it's going to tie in at all to be honest with you, with the Flashpoint movie. There's certainly no, me, a possibility. Me they could have changed it. But Rob, to you, yeah, you don't think they will. Why not? No, because, be, be, it, look, it's like the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. The Matt Reeves Batman films are going to be uh, unto themselves. It's going to be a, a, a new look at a legend. Uh, the Batman, you know, like Legends of the Dark Knight, the comics. It, it's going to be a, a singular vision that's going to be self-contained. And I... I think that they could leave open the possibility, but that's what they've got Flashpoint for. They can bring all these other Batman in. I think like the Nolan trilogy, which is what their benchmark will be, they'll be like, look, the Nolan Batman trilogy has nothing to do with anything, uh, our DCEU, and it was incredibly successful. We'd like to see filmmakers do that, bring their own visions to Batman, and, and if it's successful and there's a trilogy, I think it's going to be pure. It's going to be uncut. You're going to see the Matt Reeves vision of what the Battinson Batman is going to be. And we're not going to see it cross over because why would you do that? 
I mean, the whole point is that you want to see something unique and interesting. And, and if they're throwing a bunch of other their, uh, other superheroes at the at the wall to make them stick, well, then you're you're not allowing either not either side. I think loses out. Mm. And I think that it, I think that we're going to get some the same way that Joker. Can you imagine if they tried to put the 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 um, the Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix, Phoenix Joker movie into the DCEU, it would it would have lost all of its impact, and and I think that you wouldn't have got the memorable film, the the unique film that it turned out to be. Dude, I'm so glad you brought that up because I heard a lot of people yesterday say they're going to use Flashpoint to bring in Joaquin Phoenix Joker, and they're going to use it to merge the Joaquin Phoenix Joker with the Rob Pattinson thing. And my my reaction to that is simply this: you know what? The old DC pre-Walter Hamada, I could totally see them doing that. I could totally see them doing that in the pre-Walter Hamada era at DC. But with this sheriff in town, with Walter Hamada, who has been very, look, what, is, what has been the defining factor? What has been the identifying mark of the Walter Hamada era so far? It's been keeping a laser sharp focus on individual films. Even the movies in the DCEU are being treated like individual films, mm. let alone with things like Joker and, and Robert Pattinson. And I agree with you. I think if you suddenly try to throw Joaquin Phoenix's Joker in with the Robert Pattinson Batman or try to bring him into Flashpoint, or whatever, I think it undoes so much of the good stuff they did. But again, I, 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 I get it. The old DC totally would have done that. I but totally think so, but not this one. I think you are absolutely right when you say it would have undone things. The whole reason that the Joker movie works as well as it does is it gives us a completely different look and insight into the character of Joker. If you were to put a Batman a Batman character into that, all it becomes once again is a battle between the Batman and the Joker and everything that was unique about that Joker film gets undone. Because at the end of the day, all you're going to have, we've seen Batman fight the Joker on screen since the 60s. And there's only so much you can do because then you, you, you pigeonhole the story you're telling. Good guy versus bad guy. But the Joker film that we saw has social commentary. It deals with issues of mental illness and income inequality and, and all of these things that, yeah, you could put those in a Batman movie. But then they would be put in the traditional framework of a bad guy versus a good guy story. And I don't need to see that. I'd rather see more a more unique take on these things. And I think we're going to get that with the Batman films that we're getting from from Matt Reeves. And I think if we have a Joker sequel, we're going to get more of that where it delves into these real world issues through the prism of the character of Joker. And that's what makes it unique. Who wants to undo, undo something that was already beautifully unique in the first place? Why make it ordinary by have Joker, Joker fighting the Batman again? Yawn. Let me... Since we're talking about Joker, let me throw out a question for you. Simple over under. And I'm going to set the number low, so think about this. 12%. That's the over under line here. 12%. Over or under 12% that we'll see Jared Leto's Joker in this Flashpoint thing with Ben Affleck. 12% over or under. Who? That's intriguing. I'm going to go under. Okay, even under 12%. Yeah, because then you're you're crossing over with something. You've got you've got 
James Gunn's Suicide Squad, and I think to preserve the sanctity of whatever he's done, they don't want to pollute it by bringing in. So now the first Suicide Squad, not James Gunn's Suicide Squad. I, I just don't think they're going to do that. I, you know, I'm going to go over 12, but I would say if if I set the over under line at 20, I would take the under. I would say under 20. percent So I think it's very unlikely. I think it's very, very, very unlikely. But I, I I'll go over 12. percent I'll take over 12, but I still don't think it'll happen. All right, guys, listen. Question is, what do you think about all these these different questions we've got here for Batman? Let's just take a look at this work because I want to know what you guys think about that. I think this is all fascinating stuff. That I think a lot of these things could go either way. How big of a smaller role do you think it's going to be? Do you think this could lead to a standalone Batfleck film or more Batfleck in the DCU moving forward? Or is this a one-shot special thing? Is this an indication that Henry Cavill returning is a done deal? And will Flashpoint end Batfleck? Will they use Flashpoint to kind of end the one Batfleck and bring in the, the Battinson? What do you guys think about all those things? Jump down to the comment section below and let me know your thoughts. All right, guys. With all that down, we're not going to move on and take your guys' live questions. We're going to start things off, though, by getting caught up on a couple of the questions uh, that we didn't have time for yesterday, both in the main show and in the Batman Ben Affleck announcement video show. We got a few of those to get caught up on. So let's start getting caught up on those, shall we? So we're going to start things off here with where are we at? We're going to start things off here with Lee Mallinson, who writes, I love that Ben is coming into this off of the back of one of his best reviewed performances in the way back. Doesn't feel like a paycheck gig. Well, no, I don't think it's a paycheck gig. I really don't think it's a paycheck gig. Whether it's a 20 minute appearance like Rob is kind of leaning towards, whether it's like a six minute appearance like oh, I'm leaning towards. I really don't think either way it's a paycheck thing. I think this is just him wanting to. Because remember, he loves Batman. And even though he had to get out, I I feel, I, I my guess is he never felt good about the way he had to leave. And so I, I agree with you, Lee. I don't think this is a paycheck gig at all. Kevin Joyce writes, Muschietti saying emotional makes it seem like he may be leaving the continuity in some capacity. Could create the narrative opportunity of introing Pattinson. Again, we covered that a little bit. The possibility is there for sure. Could the emotional weight of this be him leaving the role? Possibly. Possibly, but I think there's a lot of things we'll we'll yet to find out. Uh, Tabletop Reviews just sent in a super chat to be supportive. So did Colby Parker. Thank you guys for just doing that to be supportive. All right, Eric Perry writes, So John, did you pee just a little when you read that Ben was back? I know I need a wet white. You have no idea. I, I just didn't believe it. Like, even when I saw it on Deadline, I'm like, is this a fake Deadline page? I double-checked the URL source. I looked at the H, uh, the uh, HTML of it just to make sure it wasn't some gag. Uh, yeah, I may have I may have peed just a little bit. Uh, Big D's Exotic and Aquatic sends in a super chat, and he wrote, uh, Ben HBO Max, Ben Affleck, Ben, sorry, Ben HBO Max, Batman, he do it if he has full control. I don't know about that. I mean, Rob, that was one of the questions that we've also seen that we probably could have covered here as well is, you know, there are rumors, about, but it got to be very clear. Some people are saying, oh, John, did you see that Forbes is reporting that HBO Max wants to stand? No, 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 no. The Forbes reporter who I personally know wrote that he heard rumors that that's very different from Forbes reporting that the HBO Max wants to do a Batflick thing. There are there's a rumor going around that they do, but let's entertain that possibility. 
with everything else on Ben's plate right now, and he has been refilling his plate again, he's got another film. He's got that film he's doing with Matt Damon that they've got to finish shooting that's coming out. He's got a film he's directing that he's, and directing is all consuming, Rob. You know this. You've directed major motion pictures. It, it, it's an all consuming thing for years. So he's got a new thing coming up there. Is an HBO Max Ben Affleck Batman series really even possible at this point, considering all those factors? What do you think? Uh, <laughs> I think that's a lot to ask. I mean, Ben Affleck is a world-class filmmaker. One I of think, the best. I think he wants, he's made a Best Picture winner. I think after, and Live By Night, as much as that movie might not have burnt up the box office charts, it's still a very handsome, very well-made film. He's never made anything to be embarrassed about. I think he wants to keep that directing career going. And while I, I think he also loves acting, but doing a series, that's a lot to ask. But that's why I think that making a movie, however, maybe not. Yeah, but you know what? We we live in an era. This is the 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 wild card in all this. You know, twenty four hours ago, Rob. Twenty four hours ago, <laughs> I wouldn't have believed that Ben was going to come back to play Batman. Just twenty four hours ago. Um, I don't believe, listen, we're talking about a two-year commitment of just being all consumed with this new movie he's going to be directing. Yeah. I don't think there's any time or room for him to even consider doing an HBO series or anything like that. But 24 hours ago, I didn't think we'd see him as Batman at all. So I I don't think so. But down is up, up is down, cats and dogs living together. It, it's it's we're, we're living in an unprecedented time right now, Rob, an unprecedented time. Well, what's great, John, is it creates mass hysteria with us, the fan base. And that's it the absolutely best part. does. I, I have three pairs of pants over there that, that will attest to that. <laughs> All right. We move on here. Uh, that was the wrong one. Where are we going to? The next one we move on to here was... Uh, uh, Azar Sayed just sent a super chat to be supportive. Uh, Jesse wrote, uh, with the to-be-announced time slot being now gone, do you think this was an announcement they were going to make? Yes. Rob, I don't have any proof of this. I, I can't back this up. But what I said yesterday was, I think it's far too coincidental that on the same day they removed that to-be-announced panel that was supposed to happen at 3.50 p.m. on Saturday that that suddenly got removed the same day they released the news that Ben Affleck was coming back as Batman. I think that's far too coincidental. I, I do think so. I, I no information. Nobody's confirmed this for me. This is me speculating, but I absolutely believe that that was going to be that panel. What do you think, Rob? hundred percent. And what's interesting, I find it interesting that Vanity Fair was the was the outlet that broke this story. Yes, they did. It, it, it wasn't, it wasn't any of the entertainment news sites. So, I think that maybe they weren't necessarily expecting that Vanity Fair would break that story. I think they really wanted it for DC fandom because that would have been, I mean, that would have cemented the DC fandom thing. Also, they did something else, John. They split DC fandom up into two parts. Yeah, we talked the about second, that on the, on the show yesterday. Yeah, and, and the second part's not coming till September. I think part of the reason they did that was because this major announcement was what they realized would have put it over the top. And I think once there's certain things that happen, they're like, okay, we're going to do what we, for whatever reason, they broke it up so they could, right. they could, they could string out the information they want to drop it and let, let themselves get more bang for the buck and have the, the news resonate for a couple more weeks rather than just all at once. 
I'll tell like you what, it though. Um, here's here's my theory. I don't think I think Vanity Fair ran that story because Warner Brothers told them to run the story because, oh, you know, I, in, yeah, in, yeah, because they have they've got Andy Muschietti on quote. So they're not letting Andy Muschietti. Here's what I think happened. What I think happened, no proof of this. This is just speculation. What I think happened is Warner Brothers found out that a couple of the wrong people discovered the Ben Affleck news. <laughs> and I think they decided we've got two choices. We can either let somebody else leak this on Gus's movie review.fart site and lose control of this, or we yeah. can get ahead of this and we can take back control of the narrative. And I, I think they hundred percent, dude. Yeah. You're, you're and I think on. they got a, I think they called Vanity Fair and said, Hey, you want to, you want to talk to Andy about this big news we got about Ben Affleck and the flash? Sure. But you got to run the story today. You got it. And I, I think they probably ran and did that. It also, it also adds a sheen of prestige to the story. I mean, mm. obviously Vanity Fair with their Hollywood issue, they've got deep ties to the entertainment business and and if you're going to drop it someplace, this this was the way to class it up. It comes from Vanity Fair. Everyone's like, "Ooh," whereas it doesn't look like fanboy sites would run with this like, "Oh my god, you know, Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton they're going to be back." I mean, Oh, dude, that this, totally would have been us. That totally would have been us. Dude, that is us. I mean, <laughs> that I'm us. that guy. I would have been sitting here like, <laughs> you know, totally like that guy. John Schnepp would have been doing the same thing like he would have been vibrating in his chair talking about this information but it comes out from vanity fair it's no longer a, a fanboy wet dream or fangirls wet dream come true it becomes prestigious news yeah. in the entertainment by the, business by the way I should point this out too because i did mention on the show yesterday you know a couple of days ago you and i were both criticizing pretty heavily um dc fandom for being a great press event but it's not a fan event i mean you got 10 minute panels and blah blah, blah. but did you notice that in that lineup for the second part of dc fandom that happens in three weeks i don't know why they're separating by three weeks but did you notice that in that they have a bunch of fan q a panels including an aquaman q a panel a flash q a panel and as soon as i saw that i was like you know what that addresses every criticism i had the fact that they did, because to me, Rob, what that did by having those fan Q&A parts of their panels for all the big titles, to me, that's that's what takes it from being just a corporate press event to being a true fan event. And as soon yeah, as I, I saw those, I'm like, you know what? Good on you, because now it's a fan event. And, and not only that, you've got Patty Jenkins and and uh, James Gunn and, and they're yep. working. So, and Zack Snyder's been killing it on social media. I mean, they've got the filmmakers. Even if they're only going to talk for ten minutes, they're stoked. I think we're going to yep. get a. I, I think we're going to have a pretty you know orgasm inducing afternoon tomorrow. It was. It was anyway. It was just good to see. It was good to see that they made that a part of it. And I I, I applaud yeah. them for it because I think that addresses all the concerns. That, it also uh, shows like that have. they're listening to people that are talking about what they're doing. Yeah, I agree. They all weren't right, afraid uh, to pivot. You know, uh, uh, days before the event. All right. Next up, uh, Jose Lopez writes. If Ben gets a new suit design in this movie, assuming he'll be in costume, I think it'll open the door for more of him just finding excuses to see him. No, it won't. Not at all. I'll, I'll tell you exactly why. If he, first of all, we don't even know if he's going to be in the Batman outfit. And if he is, him being in a new design says nothing about his future. All that says is we want to sell toys. That's all it says. By putting him in a new costume, that means there's a whole new round of toys that they can license and sell and profit from. It doesn't mean 
good or bad, it doesn't mean good or bad that we're going to see, uh, oh, it's a new Batman outfit. That definitely means we're going to see ba Ben Affleck in more Batman movie. No, it doesn't. It just means they want to sell toys. Because Rob, you know the first thing that's going to happen is if he's in that movie, well, he is in Flash, but when he appears in Flash, if he's in a Batman costume, and if it is a new costume, you know the hot toy pre-order is going to go up within about 24 hours, right? I mean, Hell right? Hell yeah. <laughs> and I'll be right there, brah. And let me tell you something else. I am willing to bet you. I, I, I'll, I'll, make, I'll bet you 20 bucks right now that this movie, assuming it goes forward, because every Flash movie is doomed, as we all know. But I think this one's got a big chance of happening. Assume it goes forward. I'll bet you it opens with a big superhero action scene that involves both Batman and the Flash. They're going to be doing something together. They're going to, it's going to show their synergy. What better way to show how the two of them have developed a relationship than in a Bond-esque opening title sequence? And, and, that, and, and something that happens in that sequence or part of their relationship is then going to inform the relationship that Flash will have with Michael Keaton later. And then we're going to come back to the end of the movie and whatever that thing was at the beginning will be paid off or they'll ruminate on, on what happened based on Flash's experience in the Flashpoint place. But it's going to open with an action sequence with the two of them. I think that's very possible because something like what James Gunn did with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. All right. Uh, again, I keep going to the wrong screen. Uh, let's bring up the next one. The next one comes to us from, that was Lopez, uh, Azar Saeed, who writes, do you think a Flashpoint is a good choice at this point in the DCEU? With just one Aquaman movie and zero Flash movies and one Batman, uh, even with a great script, would audiences be less invested than if they released later? No, I don't think there's any, I, I honestly don't believe there's any problem with that whatsoever i think the audiences know who batman is they know who flash is they already had flash in the justice league movie all that kind of stuff i think if you write this script properly if you write it well understanding where the audience is and where everybody is i think this is going to be just fine I, I don't think this is one of those things that needs eight more movies to build up so no I, I don't think it's a mistake i think they can do it they just got to write it well, Rob. And that's what it always comes down to, execution, right? Do you think now is a decent time to do it, or do you think this is something they really had to wait longer for? No, I think I think what they're doing right now is exactly it, – it. look, if you wanted to do a Flashpoint movie and show the Amazonians at war with the Atlanteans, now would not be the time. But I think what they're doing is it's contained enough that it's not going to be – on a global scale, the way that the original story was, but it's going to be more personal. Flashpoint is going to be a personal story that deals with the Flash and his life and how it's going to affect him emotionally. It's not going to be a big sprawling, oh my God, where the Atlanteans are at war with it. It's not, it's going to be personal. It'll still be big and action packed, but it's going to be mostly the story of one man and how Flash himself is affected. And I think that's the way to go. So I now here. I already hear a lot of people telling us, Rob, and yelling at us that, well, no, you don't understand, John. Uh, the animated uh, Flashpoint movie, we has a, it, it doesn't matter. You know, we've gone over this a million times. The, the com when they develop a story from the comics into a movie, it never follows it to the T. It never does. Uh, X-Men Days of Future Past was a totally different movie. Shared thematic similarities, but it was a totally different story than the X-Men Days of Future Past we got in the graphic novels. Like Civil War was a very different story in the movie version of Civil War than it was in the graphic novel thing. Sin City is a different, Sin City is an example of the other way, but if, they, if it is Flashpoint and they announce that this is called Flashpoint, 
I'm just telling you, prepare yourself that it is not going to be a beat-for-beat -beat retelling of the Flashpoint you knew from the comics or the Flashpoint you saw in the animated movie. They're going to make fundamental changes, I think, yeah. significant changes. So, all right, let's move on here. Uh, next up, uh, Ryan uh, Hagman just sends in a super chat to be supportive. Thank you, Ryan. Um, uh, K. Nikio writes, Flash Homecoming, Batman equals Iron Man, also Michael Keaton. Yeah, that, that is a, a comparison I'm hearing a lot of people make. And I think that's probably, we haven't seen the movie yet, but I think that's a very... Uh, legitimate comparison right there. Kevin Joyce writes, to clarify, even if Reeves's first film isn't in the DCEU, multiverse intro slash Affleck's departure could open the door for Pattinson should he prove popular. Again, I don't think it's going to be anything to do about whether it's popular or not. The, MC the DCEU has already seen and gotten a gauge for how popular or not Ben Affleck's Batman is in that universe. They've already had you know a couple of films with him in it, so they've already got a sense of that. I, I so I I mean it's possible though I mean it's it's more than a little possible it is totally possible I still don't think that's the way they're going to go because of what we described earlier but I wouldn't write it off either there's no way I would write off that that possibility Terry Jackson uh, Chubbuck writes uh, maybe the surprise is a Batman and Superman movie hey listen world's finest buddy that that absolutely could be it I don't think so but I'm not going to be surprised if it is I mean. I mean, you want to see peeing on floor, knowing that Henry Cavill is my Superman still and Ben Affleck is my Batman. I will lose my freaking mind. All right. Scott Edwards writes, are you going to watch the Superman and Lois show? No chance in hell. Um, who are your favorite Arrowverse heroes? Minor Flash, White Canary, Green Arrow, Superman, Supergirl. My absolute favorite hero that has been in the in the Arrowverse is actually Oliver. Uh, it's, it's Stephen Amell's Green Arrow. He, to me, was the heart and soul and backbone of that entire universe. I very much like like Barry. I like Grant Gustin's Flash very much. He's my current favorite dude there. Black Lightning is also right up there. But I got to say Oliver is my main guy. No, I have I have no no desire at all to watch that Superman uh, Lois show. Uh, Alex Akara writes, world's finest if Ben and Henry back full time. Rob, let's, let's go into that a little bit more here. I mean, it is an assumption at this point that the announcement that Henry Cavill is back as Superman is just imminent. That 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 announcement is coming, whether they announce it officially at DC Fandom or not. I think we're just assuming it's a done deal. Ben Affleck being there too. I don't. I, I mean, I don't know. We talked about whether it would even be a standalone Batman movie if he did anything more beyond this or not. I don't know. Like, what do you think chances would be for something like a, a World's Finest kind of movie? Well, I mean, the way they're going. <laughs> the world we live in i would love to see that happen you know if they made a, 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 a you know where that where you see these two guys the best of the best teaming up to do something awesome who wouldn't want to see that you know and and in terms of this day and age what better way to make a positive superhero movie than to call something world's finest where it's not batman v superman anymore it's uh, bros batman and superman coming at you you know to save the world together and i and i think that i could see that but again you know you're dealing with like you said ben affleck's a busy dude and i don't know if he wants to spend his 50s <laughs> making movies that he's gonna have to work out i mean that's why hugh jackman had to finally hang up wolverine after 20 years of trying to get in wolverine shape man it's got to be a little a little rough as you move into your <laughs> it's your fifth decade on the planet. But I, I mean, I could see that happening. It really, again, it depends on money. It depends if these movies are successful and if they work. I mean, right, we've let's... got 
think about it. We're going to get two more Affleck movies in the sense that we're getting the Snyder Cut, which I'm sure gives us more Affleck, and we're going to get this this Flashpoint movie. So we've got two big Ben Affleck projects that he's working on with Warner Brothers already, and that's pretty cool. But, I, but he's it, not. He's not. Let's be clear here. Like Deborah Snyder already said, they're not filming any additional footage for Snyder. No, but Cut. I mean, you know, Zach's already shot to... all of his footage. He's going to be going into re-records. So I don't think. I think you're talking about one or two days commitment for Ben to go into a sound booth and, and well, record some ADR. But what I mean mostly is that we're going to see a lot more of him. Mm, yeah, we're going to yeah. see a lot more of the performance. I mean, That's if it point. is indeed over 200 minutes long, we're going to get a lot more of Ben Affleck's. Batman. I mean, we might even get double what we saw in the original Justice League in terms of his screen time. And in that, if that's the case, that's like getting a new Batman movie yeah. in a you way. We won't see. We won't see Superman's mustache. That's what we're not going to see. No. Nope. Right. Uh, next up, uh, Marvin writes, uh, they announced Ben Affleck today not to not drown out Henry Cavill on Saturday. Uh, it will definitely be the big announcement of the day. Not That's completely not true. It's like That's like saying at Comic-Con, you can't have more than one big announcement. What would have happened is it would have created a seismic ripple effect where, you know, one drop of a pebble in the water, you drop another one quickly, it amplifies the rings going out, right? It just would have doubled the whole thing. One would not have diminished the other. One would not have drowned out the other. I think it would have just accentuated it hyped it up i think the reason they did it was because i think they knew the word was about to get out and i think they got ahead of it and i don't think the ben affleck thing would have drowned out the henry cowell thing i think the two would have amplified each other all right william powell writes two and a half years it appeared that warner brothers was moving away from the characters that snyder introduced so anything more i get a film a cameo series or just 30 seconds i'll take it you know rob one of the things i was saying on yesterday's show was listen i get because I had some people saying, John, don't get too enthusiastic. You know, it might just be a one-shot cameo. I, and I said, I get it. This might be because there are a couple of outlets that are reporting that it is just going to be a cameo. Maybe they're right. Maybe they're wrong. And so I said, I get it. I get it. It might just be a one-shot thing. And I get it. He might just be in it for two minutes. But you've got to understand, I've, I've been living for years thinking that I am not going to see my favorite, ben, my favorite Batman on screen again. Ever. So I'll take it. I don't I don't care if it's 20 minutes. Great. If it's five minutes, fine. If it's a 30 second cameo, then it'll be 30 seconds of glory that I never thought I was going to get. So I'll take it either way. Uh, so I'm like you, William, on that. All right. Starkiller writes. Uh, this is really confusing to casual fans Two Batmans. Uh, Warner Brothers should refresh people on what's going on in the DCU and their stories coming. Here's the problem, Starkiller, though. I don't think enough people care about what's been going on in the DCU that this would actually be very confusing. I mean, look, 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 say what you want. It don't matter how much I love Man of Steel. It doesn't matter. I, it doesn't matter if I spend the next 20 years of my life being an evangelist for Man of Steel and telling everybody how underrated it is. And it's one of the greatest comic book movies of all time, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. Half the people hated it. Half the critics hated it. Half the whatever. I don't really think it's that big of an issue. Rob, look, could it be an issue having two different standalone Batman movies going on? Yeah, that, yeah, that could be a little bit of an issue. Like, this year, come see Robert Pattinson in this Batman movie. Next year, come see Ben Affleck in a different Batman movie. Uh, I, I got to admit, that is, that's a hurdle. I'm not going to pretend it's not. I admit that is a hurdle. Rob, how, how do you see, how big of a hurdle is that, if at all? 
Well, I mean, look, I, I think that ultimately we've never lived in a world. I mean, we're talking about getting a Batman movie, two different Batman movies in the same year consecutively. I think if the movies are good, it really doesn't matter. Um, I, I don't think necessarily pe people like Batman. They'll, they don't not tune into The Flash every week if they like The Flash because, well, I already saw last week's Flash. What do I need to see this week's Flash for? If, you, if they like the characters and they like the movies, I think people will go. Um, but I, and I think there's going to be a lot. There's going to be look. Comic book movies are here to stay at least for the next decade. We're going to get a we're getting a cornucopia of, of superhero movies from all across. I mean, we got a whole new slew of Spider Man movies over at Craven, and we got Spider Woman over there, and we've got uh, this coming out over there, and I, it, nobody cares as long as the movies are good. They're going to go. All right, they're going to go. Let's let's move on here. Uh, next up. Uh, Big D's Exotics and Aquatics writes, what about uh, a Ben Affleck HBO Max show? Somebody else already brought that up. Uh, wouldn't he want to do it if he had full control over what to do with the characters for the show? Um, two things. I don't think AT&T is, is in the mode right now of giving anybody full control over anything. But that said, again, it becomes a problem of timing. Ben Affleck has yet is about to start in on his new directorial effort. Number one, he's got to finish that movie he's doing with Matt Damon. So that's that's got to be wrapped. They're not finished on that yet. Then he's got this other movie that he's directing. That's like a two-year commitment. Um, and then to start from scratch and doing an HBO series, I mean, again, I think not... But 24 hours ago, I would have thought not that he was coming back as Batman at all. So it's definitely possible. I, I think I just see a few too many practical hurdles that would have to get over. So I don't think you're going to see him wanting to wrap up all of his time in a Batman HBO series. Um, never know, though. It, it is certainly more possible. Let's put it this way. It is certainly more possible today than it was yesterday. Uh, Andre Sutherland writes, uh, I think this has to do with WB figuring out that the vast majority of folks love Zack Snyder's vision of DC. I'm going to tell you right now that is objectively incorrect. That is just objectively untrue. Um, and, I, and I can tell you that with certainty, Rob, because for the last number of years, not only do you all you have to do is look at the audience ratings and look at the uh, uh, cinema score score and look at the critic ratings um for the last couple of years every time i try to talk about man of steel my comment section my twitter my facebook whatever gets flooded with that movie sucks <laughs> like i i you know how much i get like i get that all the time i can't like anytime i dare mention yeah, man of steel man most underrated comic book of all time boom in come the that movie sucks like eh, it is and that's cool it's all subjective I, it doesn't bother me i'm perfectly fine with that it's just it is objectively incorrect to assume it's that also the, not exactly cogent analysis it's also yes it is not exactly also cogent i so no i i don't think that's the the, the walkway i it's not that I believe that Warner Brothers is deluding themselves into thinking that more people like what was done before. I think it's Warner Brothers with AT&T recognizing maybe the untapped potential of what they could do with certain things that maybe wasn't tapped into before. Um, and I think that's what they're recognizing. They're, they're not deluding themselves into thinking more people like the stuff than they actually did. I think they're just recognizing there's more potential there that was maybe untapped. I don't know, Rob, how would, how would you, what would your thoughts on that be? What's your observation? I, I think you're right about that. I mean, what we're seeing now across the board is, you know, when it comes to fandom and what people like, you've had a, a, for a long time, these corporations or, 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 or studios were trying to figure it out. 
they didn't really know. And in the case of, of a lot of these franchises, some of them still really don't know. But it, as far as what we've got going on at, at Warner Brothers and clearly Sony, don't count Sony out because they're, they're, they dropped some huge news this week, too. Oh, two yes. Different, two massive directors, the Spider-Verse, the, the, whatever you want to call it. And then DC, I think there's a, a much greater understanding of what the marketplace will bear and what people want out of these properties more this year than there was last year or the year before. Kevin Feige's different. Mar Marvel had it; they were way ahead of everybody else. But what we are seeing at Sony and DC now proves that, or DC at Warner Brothers, we, we're seeing we're seeing people that I think finally get it that are in positions of of making good decisions for this stuff, and they really understand their audience. And I think that's relatively new, at least outside of Marvel. I'm telling you, dude, like people think I overstate this, but I think people are not grasping how significant the era of Walter Hamada is. And he started with a slow plan. And remember when he took over, we said, we're not really going to see the full effects of, of him taking over. It's going to take a year or two to see what the real full effects of what he's doing is. But we're seeing a guy and Rob, this is why we made a video the other day or maybe a week or two weeks ago where I said, now listen, I am a big Marvel fan. I am. I love I love most of all the MCU stuff. I clearly think Marvel has done it better so far. But I made a video, I titled a video, I should say, a little while ago saying why I believe that right now DC is kind of better positioned than even Marvel is. Marvel is the stronger brand right now. I'm not I'm not being delusional. But I just believe that what they have done in the past couple of years, very they made some bold decisions. Everybody whined and complained when, when Walter Mata put out the decree, you know what? We're going to back off shared cinematic universe for a bit. And everybody cried, well, what's the point of doing comic book movies? It's not shared cinematic. Everybody freaked out and everybody cried. And I'm like, you know what? Wait a minute. Time out here. He's saying, let's make good movies. Let's reestablish your reputation that when you, when there's a DC movie coming out, you can count on that it's going to be quality. Let's focus on really just improving that, making good movies as our foundation. And we'll get back into shared cinematic universe when it comes. And what have we got? We got Shazam, which is my second favorite DCEU movie, only behind Man of Steel. I thought Shazam was brilliant. What did we get? We got Joker. You know, which is which was the bold I love from the day they announced it outside of the DCU, telling stories that have no handcuffs on them. They're not tied to anything else. Just tell great standalone stories like the comic book tradition of Elseworlds kind of stories have always done. We've gotten these types of movies, and now we're seeing the fruit of that, right? Because if a lot of these announcements were coming on the heels of some of the poor receptions that the older DCU movies were getting... I don't know that you'd feel the enthusiasm right now, but the fact of the matter is DC has spent a couple of years, I feel, putting themselves in a position where they are really poised to succeed. And I like what they have done the last few years. And that's why I think today, Rob, I think instead of, you know, oh boy, here comes the next DC movie. Oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Like now it's like, oh, the next DC movie's coming. And there's, there's an air of anticipation you know what I mean? Like, what do you credit I, that to? I well, I think you're absolutely right about that, and the, and I think DC right now 
is much more exciting. Look, I love the MCU. I, I thought what the MCU's done is amazing, but and I'm really looking forward to things like the Eternals. I can't wait. I think they're going to go in new directions. But we know what we're getting. Whereas with DC movies, you don't. Like when, when I walked into Joker and I was stunned by Joker and what we saw, I'm like, this is the movie they're giving to the comic book crowd. I'm like, there's when I walked out of, of Aquaman with you, I'm like, this was insane, goofy fantasy shit that I never thought I would see. And I loved it because it was crazy, you know, and now they're making a Flashpoint movie with Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck. Who would have thought that would ever happen? Marvel can't do that. But DC, they're crazy men and crazy women over there. Who knows what they're <laughs> going to do? You know, and, and when you have that kind of, of excitement, that means that Marvel can do what they do, and I can appreciate them and like them. But, man, I don't know. It, it's kind of like that drug in the new Will Smith, uh, the new um, Jamie Foxx movie, you know, uh, uh, the Power movie. Project the Power. Super, Project Power. You don't know what you're going to get when you take one of those pills. You don't know what superpower you're going to get. That's kind of like what the DC movies are at. You don't know what you're going to get when you sit down to watch one of those movies. You don't even know their announcements are their announcements make me more excited than than anything else. I mean, who who would have thought we would have got this announcement that we're talking about? That's crazy. And to know that there are crazy people over at DC making these crazy decisions, well that's what makes life worth living. That's like that's but, like but it's not it's not like insane crazy like i said they no. got a guy now uh, it's calculated they're making they're not making knee jerk that's one of the things that was one of warner brothers's big achilles heels for a long time their knee jerk reactionism they had like we got these plans we got these plans something slightly goes wrong change our plans change our plans quickly like right now they've got more steady hands on the wheel and i, I just think you're seeing that we're going to mix it up. We're going to have some some unexpectedness to what we're doing, but we're also going to have a plan. We're going to have a philosophy, and we've got more steady hands on the wheel. And that's why when I said last week or two weeks ago that I just believe DC is better positioned right now than Marvel, I'm not saying that I think DC is better than Marvel. Not at all. I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying they have put themselves in a spot right now. They have navigated their way to a position where they are well positioned for success mm. and 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 we'll see if that turns out. all right sorry we got lots more questions to get through here uh let's keep things going here um let's see uh danny ramuni writes hey john i'm excited for for affleck but will three versions of bruce wayne keaton affleck pattinson take away the spotlight from pattinson i don't think so i, I think remember the, the pattinson batman movie doesn't come out for quite some time and they'll have a long period there's a big announcements being meet, made now right now but once they're getting ready for this the batman movie matt reeves's film they're gonna have a long advertising campaign we're gonna have trailers believe me they're going to peak all the buzz on Pattinson when they need to. They don't need to do that right now. Nobody needs to talk about Robert Pattinson right now. They still have a few months of shooting on that movie to do. They don't need the buzz on Pattinson right now. They do later, and that's when they'll build it, and I, I don't think that's going to be a problem, but we'll find out. All right, my, uh, Micro uh, Swayan writes, Hi, John and co. The real hero in all this Ben Affleck coming back as Batman is Anna de Armas. She's obviously that good for him. God bless her soul. She'll make a good Talia al Ghul as well. Stay safe. Well, listen, you know, I joking aside, Rob, 
having good people in your life is always a benefit. And, you know, Ben Affleck has often been the beneficiary of having very good people in his life. From I don't get into the TMZ shit, but, you know, Jennifer Garner has clearly been a very positive, very stabilizing presence in his life. Like, even when they were separated and, and in the process of, of divorcing, she's the one who went and got him from his home and drove him to rehab and took him there and all that. And they share children together. He's had a lifelong friend in Matt Damon. Um, and, and whenever you bring positive people into your life, whether it's a spouse, like, like I'm lucky to have, whether it's a great friend, whether it's a new girlfriend, like, like Ben has, it's always good, good to surround yourself with good people. And I think that's kind of, and listen, as maybe you meant it as a joke. I don't think it's coincidental that, that he's got a new person like that in his life and it's helped turn things around for him. I don't think that's coincidental. I don't know, Rob, how do you see that? No, I don't think it's coincidental either. And, uh, y you know, another thing, imagine if you're Ben Affleck and you're a, you're a writer-director and you wind up <laughs> doing a movie like Batman v Superman, where which could have been a dream project, and then you get mired in studio politics and unreasonable expectations, and then think about how you must feel with the whole Justice League situation. That had to have been incredibly demoralizing, and 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 then you know you have to you have to watch as a writer director yourself when you're only an actor watching what happened from Zack Snyder to Joss Whedon and a studio grasping at straws, and you contractually have to play a game and knowing you're basically on a sinking ship. That would drive me to drink. And I, I, I completely can see you, you look for solace anywhere else because can you imagine having to go to work doing reshoots for a movie that you'd already finished shooting and not agreeing with necessarily the direction that you were going in and yet you have to do it? I mean, that and, and remember, sucked. it goes back even further because remember, he was already unhappy halfway through, not, not because of any individual people, but he was already in his slump like halfway through Batman versus Superman. I mean, we already knew and we now know because of things that were said afterwards that he was already on his slide coming. Just, I mean, the sad Affleck meme is, is it, it that is what it is. But uh, it, we found out like definitively that that's when his slide really started was even all the way back to Batman. And then he dealt with that for a long time. Dude, sad Affleck. Sad Affleck. Affleck was was real. You yeah, know? And, no, no, it was. It it, it was real. I mean, and I, I know wrote we it said, off. Oh, what was movie stars and all that? But but just imagine if it was you. Just whatever job you're doing, somebody who cares, and your whole career is only as good as your last project. Man, that yeah. had to have been a really hard time for him. For anybody, well, it would have been especially when you consider that that wasn't just another job for Ben too. He is a lifelong Batman fan. I mean, he literally built a Batcave, you know, in his home. I, I mean, it, and so you had something that was probably the most excited he has ever been in his career for something. He comes into Batman versus Superman and it just didn't work out. I mean, I liked it. There are a good number of people who liked it, but it did not work out the way they kind of hoped. He had started having more of his personal struggles start to amplify at the time. It, it wasn't getting the reception from audiences or, or critics the way they were kind of hoping. And, it, and I think just the fact that he cared so much about it probably didn't help. It probably didn't help, especially when you're a guy who at the time was riding super freaking high with all of his directorial efforts, mm. winning Best Picture at the Academy Awards. I mean, all that stuff is just nutty. All right. Let, let's uh, we still got and not load. even getting nominated for director. 
when every other every other awards body, including the Directors Guild of America, awarded you as best director of the year. And then your movie wins best picture of the year at the Academy Awards, but you don't get nominated for best director. I mean, that's crazy. Any any human being is going to be like, wait, what? Yeah. What you the know? hell is going on? I, th the reason that is still to me going to be one of the biggest mysteries ever is because the Directors Guild of America, we might have talked about this before, I can't remember. The Directors Guild of America that year of Argo awarded Ben Affleck their highest honor, Director of the Year from the Directors Guild of America. But then he didn't get a nomination at the Academy Awards from the Directors Branch of the Academy Awards. Rob, guess who makes up the Directors Branch of the Academy Awards? members of the Directors Guild of America. I will, That's why I don't understand. I will still, to su someday, I have got to ask somebody who sat on that committee and say, what the hell? You guys gave him the award at the Directors Awards, but at the Academy Awards, you didn't give him a nomination. It's the same freaking people. I'll never understand that. Anyway, sorry. We are we still have a lot to go here. So let's move over to the Nightman who writes. I don't know if you heard or care, but Travis Scott is working on a song for Tenet coming Friday. Nolan calls it the final piece for the film. I don't know why, but this gets me more excited for Tenet. Uh, never thought I'd see Nolan and Scott collab, but this is badass. I honestly don't care. I usually don't very once in a while. A song will pop up in a movie that'll just really move me. But for the most part, an individual song in a movie doesn't really do much for me um i don't think it generally makes the movie much better i mean it can hype you up for a minute or two so i i eh, i don't care i mean i even if it was you too i i probably wouldn't care all that much all right ryan loner writes since we all know how bad netflix is at marketing i'll point out that they have a great new documentary out about the early days of the video game industry called high score i just came across that on my netflix yesterday uh being born after 1983 crash i'm loving this look at the whole culture rob have you seen have you seen i uh, had a look at this thing yet this high score documentary no but it keeps popping up uh, you know, it's the first thing that pops up whenever I go to Netflix and I'm like, yeah. what is this? You know, whenever, whenever I go to Netflix, Elizabeth and I are, are, are on a mission to watch something. So I'm like, I got to click on this. I mean, I, I would not subject her to it, but it looks great. Yeah, Ann and I, we last night at midnight, we jumped on Netflix so we could watch the first episode of Lucifer, uh, the new season. And right there, there, there it was. It's like, oh, I just, I've been hearing about that. I do want to see it. I have not watched it yet, but I definitely want to see it. All right. BC 33 writes, um, it's like 2020 is just laughing at us now. Kobe, pandemic, movie theater shut down, and the hills are on fire here in Napa again. I just want to watch Tenet. Yeah, I know. It's like this. I mean, there's even one of the songs I heard on the radio the other day. I think I told you about this, Rob. was literally called uh, 2020 FU. That's, that's literally what the name of the song on the radio was. It has been... I cannot wait for this year to get behind us, man. I just cannot wait, BC. All right, R. Ren, uh, Renneker writes, Hey, John, I'm a huge Linkin Park fan, so I hope that we get to see a Linkin Park biopic in the future. Do you think this will ever happen? Also, R.I.P. Chester Bennington. You know, it's funny. We had just had, he committed suicide just after we had them, when I was at Collider, we had them in to do something at, with, with us at Collider. We did, uh, Schnepp did a comic book um shopping thing with them and it was just after that um that I, that he committed suicide i listen i i'm the wrong guy to ask because number one i don't care generally speaking i don't care about biopics about musicians um even though there are some that i end up really liking i i generally don't care about biopics about musicians for the most part um and i don't know anything 
about Linkin Park other than the fact that I do appreciate their music, but I don't know if, if a movie about them would be at all interesting. Rob, do you know much about Linkin Park? Would you be interested in a Linkin Park documentary or, uh, or, or biopic? Sure, you know, maybe they'll delve into that collaboration they did for the Miami Vice movie. Linkin Park, I mean, I don't know. Are they iconic enough to be made to have a documentary made about them? I guess so. I don't know. I don't know. But I, 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 mean, I don't I like anything. Dirt. That, I like that Motley Crue documentary. Yeah, I just don't biopic. know anything about. I just don't know anything about the life of Lincoln Park. The the band. I just don't know anything about them to know if there's even anything interesting there to tell a story about. I, I'm saying I'm not saying there isn't. I'm saying I don't know. But I'll yeah. tell you what. One of my favorite musical things ever was their collaboration with Jay Z. The Lincoln yeah. Park Jay Z stuff was really really great. I really yeah, enjoyed that, that stuff a lot. The song yep. that they use in Miami Vice. I yep, love I that song. Is great. All right, uh, let's keep moving here. We only got a few minutes left here with Rob. An anonymous viewer writes, so I live on a U.S. Army base in Germany. Thank you so much, uh, my friend, um, where theaters have been open. But on my base, the theater plays U.S. movies, so they have been closed. But today, on the Showtime's website, they changed the upcoming movies from Mulan to New Mutants. I am hyped. And yes, I am hyped, too. Listen, it's not. Listen, I have legitimately been excited about this new mutants movie. That is even without the fact that oh my god, I'm dying to go to a movie theater again and watch a movie. It, even aside from that, I've been legitimately excited to see this. I I want to see. I'm not predicting it's going to be the greatest comic book film of all time, but I've just been excited to see it. And so you add on top of that that this Thursday we actually get to go to a movie theater and actually go watch it. Um, I'm stoked. So, Rob, I know you've been excited about this film just on its own, even before the pandemic. Have you not been? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm hugely excited. All right, let's move on here. Next up, Dan Ketchum writes, any chance to recast Lois Lane? I never thought Amy Adams fit the role. Well, Amy Adams is simply one of the best actresses in the world. I mean, she just is. Um, the amount of times she's been nominated for an Academy Award, she's got to be getting... I mean, she's got to be in the top 10. Maybe, I'll, you know, I'll say she's probably in the top five of most Academy Award nominations as an actress without actually winning. But she's been, I think she's got five or six nominations. Uh, she's, she's simply one of the best. And she's a great actress. I've never really felt the chemistry between her and Henry Cavill, though. And I don't blame Henry and I don't blame her. I just never felt that Clark and Lois chemistry between them. But... She's been in there so long now as it. I, I think unless there's a really big reason, I don't think you recast. I think as long as she's willing to still play the role, I I, I think you, I don't think you recast her. Rob, do you think they do? What do you think? I don't know. I I don't. Mm, I don't. I think they're gonna try and not recast her. Yeah. I mean, I that's agree. what I. That's what I would think. Yeah. All right. Listen, uh, we're out of time here for Rob. So I, I know we've kept him over time. So we'll finish off Rob's time with this question from Drizzy Moose who writes, Hey, John, one of my pet peeves is when some people say Spider-Man isn't powerful and that he just shoots webs and tells jokes. I mean, for Christ's sakes, he has godlike reflexes and strength minus the black suit. Uh, LOL. Thanks for taking my question. Good, sir. God bless. Rob, I remember... Uh, and you raise a great point, Drizzy Moose. I, I remember I had this... I was having this debate when I was like, no, listen, you cannot do the comic book version, the traditional Robin. You cannot do the traditional Robin in a modern live action Batman movie because an adult who drags a 10-year-old child 
into a violent situation where mobsters are shooting with gums, that makes Batman guilty of child abuse and it makes him an, an insufferable asshole. You just can't do it. And I say, if you want to change things up and say, hey, he's a 19-year-old who has kind of passed his trials and now Batman's going to be, he's, he's legally a man, I'm all for that. Then I'm all for it. But you'd have to fundamentally change the traditional understanding of Robin. Whenever I bring that up, two things people would inevitably always try to throw at me. Well, John, you liked Hit Girl. Well, yeah, because Hit Girl was a sarcastic character in a spoof comedy. Are you saying Batman is a spoof comedy? Of course not. So, yes, of course, Hit Girl can work in a spoof satire. For sure. That's part of the ridiculousness of it. But that's not Robin. The other thing I would always bring up, people would throw at me is, well, Peter Parker's a high school student. You don't have a problem with that. That's because Robin is a child with a stick. Peter Parker is somebody with the powers of the gods. There's this one iconic Marvel uh, cover of Spider-Man where he's literally, Spider-Man is holding a tank over his head with all the Avengers standing on the tank over him. He has superhuman strength and speed and agility and endurance. He has the powers of a god uh, versus a kid with a stick. But anyway, Rob, what's your what's your thoughts on all that? Well, no, I mean, first of all, when it comes to Hit Girl, the whole character is sending up the idea of Batman having a young child as his ward. <laughs> That's why, hence the guns and everything. I mean, it's complete send up of that. And and I think that that uh, I completely agree with with everything that you said. Spider Man is a superhero, literally from the the word go. I mean, he is superhuman, and I I, I just agree with you. I agree with everything you said. All right, Rob, I know we kept you overtime here today, but there was much to talk about. I hope you have a fabulous weekend ahead of yourself, sir. In the meantime, where can people find you and all your adventures online, Rob? Uh, you can find me on Instagram under my name. You can find me on Twitter at BurnettRM or find me on my own YouTube channel, The Burnett Work. All right, dude. Thanks a lot for being here. And, uh, you know, make sure you book off Thursday. Don't forget, we got a long drive ahead of us on Thursday. We have a long drive. <laughs> and, of course, we will see you again on Monday. Rob, thanks a lot for being here, man. All right, man. This is a lot of fun. All right, and uh, we will do it again. But for now, guys, we still got about 20 minutes left. Let's keep on going through as many of your questions as we can. We're going to keep things rolling here with a silly goose who writes, When I was 12, I was at my friend's house, and his older sister was watching The Human Centipede 2 when you were 12. Uh, and being the fool I was, I watched it too. I honestly feel like I was mentally damaged by watching it at such a young age. 100% do not recommend this one. Yeah, Human Centipede and Human Centipede 2. Listen, those are two movies that are always going to have their own iconic or you might prefer to use the word infamous places in the world of Hollywood. Those movies, they are truly bad, truly shocking. And they are the, and you're right, man. I, I can't even imagine if I watched that movie for the first time when I was 12 years old. So I feel I, I empathize my friend. All right. By Odin's beard writes, have you guys seen the new audible book? The Sandman just dropped. Oh, no, I have not. It was supposed to be like, have a lot of different celebrity voices in it. If I remember it's narrated by Riz Ahmed, Kat Dennings, Taron Egerton, Neil Gaiman, James McAvoy, Samantha Morton, uh, BB. I'm not sure how to pronounce that name. Andy Serkis, Michael Sheen. It's awesome. No, I remember we talked like about six months ago. We talked about how they were making this audible book and they were going to get all these high profile name people to do voices. So I did not know. I've got a few credits on audible right now. I just may have to go and get that. Thank you for making me wear that Odin's beard. All right. Next up, Alan writes. 
Hi, John. I just saw the updated schedule for DC Fandom. It seems like most of the panels had their times extended. I don't think they did. Uh, what do you think about this also? Uh, I will be seeing Episode 7 and Sonic this weekend, and then New Mutants next. Nice. Good on I mean, it's, it's great to get back in theaters. But again, remember, in your enthusiasm for going back to the theaters, do stay smart and do stay safe. If you get there and they've overcrowded the place, just don't go. If you get there and there's not any seats left open between you and other people and they've just packed you in, get out. When you go, be considerate of other people. Wear a damn mask. Uh, sanitize your hands. Just do I get it. I'm excited about going too. But let's just all remember that in our enthusiasm to go to a movie theater, please still do the common sense safe things to minimize your risk. So just please remember to do that. Otherwise, enjoy yourself, my friend. I'm looking forward to seeing New Mutants myself. All right. Nick Whitaker writes, Robert calls John. Dude, Ben is officially back as Batman. John, hold on, starts being Robert. Uh, was it two squirts, John? You're damn right. Yeah, I. it's so funny because I, I actually found out before Robert did. I literally ended my show yesterday. And like 10 seconds later, I got the message. And I thought it was a joke at first. I thought somebody is playing with my emotions. Somebody is toying with my emotions. I even checked, double-checked to see if it was the actual correct URL to the deadline article that I looked at. And uh, true enough, it came out. And uh, there may have been some jumping and some fist pumping in the air. I, 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 was, I was pretty happy. Because, uh, I mean, how long have you guys heard me talk about Ben is my Batman? I mean, Ben is my Batman. You guys have heard me talk about this for years. And so to hear that he was coming back is just the greatest thing. All right. Uh, Peace and Purpose writes, Hey, John and Aaron. Of course, Aaron's not was here yesterday. Uh, when is the Lucifer watch party for Aaron's episode? Well, we're not doing that, but I'm about to watch her episode. Aaron appears in episode two of Lucifer this season. I watched the first episode of Lucifer last night. Anne and I are going to sit down and watch Aaron's episode today. So I'm... Very, very excited for two things. One, to see my favorite show, to watch Lucifer. But also, I'm very excited to see Aaron, one of my favorite people, in her role in Lucifer. So that's going to be really good to see. All right, next up, uh, B. Wayne New York writes, John, did you know that Trump was once considered to play the part of a U.S. president in the Tim Burton film Mars Attacks? By the way, my college buds and I recently tried Zevia Cola. It's great with Captain Morgan Rum too. Zevia, sponsor him, you sons of bitches. Yeah, I don't drink. Um, so clearly no, um, no Captain Morgan in my glass. I, I take this, uh, Zevia and I pour it into this glass with my giant oversized ice cube. Zevia, sponsor me, you sons of bitches. Uh, thank you. I'm glad you tried it out. I'm glad you're enjoying it, B. Wayne. All right. Next up, Michael Bradley writes, hello, John, watch Star Trek into darkness again. Would you agree that Benedict Cumberbatch's portrayal was solid, but overshadowed in the whole Khan mystery? Do you think maybe one of Khan's men or a new villain would have worked better? Um, no, listen, I'll, I'll tell you what, I am an unapologetic, listen, I think Into Darkness is the weakest of the three, um, what do they call it, the Kelvin Timeline movies, the J.J. produced movies, I think it is the weakest of the three, but I unapologetically enjoy that movie, and I thought Benedict was quite good in it, there are some things they did in it that were not so smart, um, and again, it is my least favorite of the three. I still think it's a good movie. I still think it's enjoyable. And I had a good time with it. And I thought the con personally, I thought the con thing worked very well. Now, it's just as well that Robert's not here right now because he totally feels differently than I do on that. But um, And he's got some reasons for it. But I, I actually kind of like it still. All right, Thomas Lopez writes, John, I have a dilemma. 
I'm going on vacation with my girlfriend this weekend, and I don't think she'll appreciate it if I'm watching Fandom all day. They said it is only 24 hours. Do you think they will drop the footage, not the panels online afterwards? Um, yes. Yeah, any footage or teasers or trailers they drop, they will end up on YouTube. If for no other reason... There's going to be 10,000 people watching these panels streaming, and they're going to be screen capturing the stream. So DC can either get ahead of it and release it themselves, or they can try to fight a losing battle of fighting all the other people trying to put it up. But it'll be up there. Um, And in that way, I think the panels are going to be up there too. I think whether DC wants them up there or not, they're going to be up there. All you got to do is have the window open of the stream and... Every Windows PC has a screen capture capability in it. You just hit screen capture, capture that window with that video, and there you got it, and then you upload to YouTube. I'm not saying people should do that. I'm just telling you people are going to do that, right? I've got the same little bit of a dilemma myself. Uh, Tomorrow, you guys uh, hear me talking about my buddy Soul. It is his birthday. By the way, happy birthday to my friend Soul. His birthday is actually today. But we're celebrating tomorrow. One of the things we're doing tomorrow is we're going to go to this quiet beach that we went to a few weeks ago. It was great. We went to this beach here in L.A., and there was, like, nobody around us. It was great. We, it kind of felt like we had the beach to ourselves. It was I loved it. Anyway, we're going back there again tomorrow for part of his birthday celebration. But you know I'm going to bring headphones, and I'm going to be bringing my iPad with you know, with built-in uh, with built-in cell sig- uh, service in my iPad, and I'm going to be watching that while we're on the beach celebrating. So I'm so, so I'm experiencing a little bit of the same dilemma you are too, Thomas. Uh, no doubt, I'm definitely going to be watching some of that. All right, next up, uh, Welsh Dynamo ninety five writes, "Hey John, love the show. Thank you so much, Welsh Dynamo. Uh, this is my very first comment. Even though I've been watching you since your Transformers two review back in two thousand nine, that review made my day, and I've been hooked ever since. That movie is terrible, but it's one of my guilty pleasures. And hey, listen, we all have like listen. One of my favorite guilty no, my absolute favorite guilty pleasure movie of all time is Vanilla Ice's Cool as Ice. It's horrible, but I I love watching it. And listen, if you enjoy watching, that's what guilty pleasure movies are. Like, of course, I think that movie's terrible. And not in a in any kind of fun way. I think it's just terrible. But those types of terrible movies can be somebody else's real great guilty pleasure. And if that's yours, man, that's yours. So thanks for watching for so long, dude. I really appreciate that, Welsh. All right. John Klobuchar writes, I got to say, I like the new Bat logo. It looks much more spookier compared to previous versions, in my opinion. Yeah, listen, I was saying this on the show the other day. I don't really care about the bat logo. I don't care if it's big and fat or thin and nimble. I but I got to say this new iteration of it looks pretty slick. It's grown on me. It's got the sleeker, sharper kind of design to it and you're right. It's got a little bit more of a horror element to it if you will, which is kind of what the Batman is supposed to be. The idea of the Batman and the symbol of the Batman is meant to strike terror into the hearts of criminals. And, you know, I dig it. I'm not saying it's my favorite Batman logo. I don't really care, but it's grown on me. I, I do kind of like it. I'm with you, John. All right, next up, an anonymous viewer writes, do you think they will recast Elongated Man on The Flash or just not mention it again since his story ended last year with him and his comic book wife, Sue, going on the run after she got framed for murder? Yeah, I think they're just going to say he's gone. I think they're just going to say, hey, where'd he go? Oh, he, uh, he left a note. He said he went off here for a bit. Oh, okay. And then they'll just never mention him again. 
So no, I, I don't think they're going to recast him. I think recasting him is just going to bring up the controversy again, and that's something they don't want right now. So I think they're just going to quietly say he's not there. Um, I don't know that for sure, but I'm guessing that's the way they're probably going to navigate this. Stelvin McShave writes, So I've read Agatha Christie's Death on the Nile. I've also seen uh, uh, Hercule Poirot TV episode with Emily Blunt in an early role. I really enjoyed the book and thought the TV episode was pretty good. Did you see the trailer for the new movie? It was really bad. I don't think it was really bad. Uh, of course, this is the new Kenneth Branagh one. Gal Gadot's in there. It's got a killer cast. While I love Kenneth Branagh as an actor, as a director, I love Kenneth Branagh. And while I love murder mysteries, I was clearly very excited for Murder on the Orient Express because it had all of it. And I was not a fan of the movie. And, and, and that hurts me to say because I'm a massive Kenneth Branagh fan, both as a director, which he directed, and as an actor, and he starred in it. And it's a murder mystery. It's a classic. I, I was not a big fan of it, to be honest with you. So I'm not, to be honest, very excited about Death on the Nile. And I saw the trailer. I didn't think it was all that bad. I also didn't think it was all that great. But I, let's put it this way. A trailer's meant to increase your enthusiasm, right? A bad trailer will decrease your enthusiasm. Neither happened for me watching the Death on the Nile trailer. It neither made me more excited to see the movie, but it didn't necessarily lower my already kind of low expectations. It didn't do anything to make my expectations lower. Let's just say that. So, yeah, I, th I thought it was fine. Eh, whatever, it was a trailer. I wasn't impressed by it, but it didn't exactly turn me off either. All right, uh, Evan Ryan writes, Hey, John, do you think Michael Keaton will be part of the Flash Q&A? Thanks. I don't think he will. But again, this isn't like Comic-Con where if you want him as a part of the panel, you got to get him, you got to clear his schedule, you got to get him on a plane, you got to fly him to San Diego, put him up in a hotel room, take up two of his days and then have him come on stage. All they need, again, let's pretend this remote control is a phone. All they need is say, hey, Michael, can you take 10 minutes out tomorrow? Just hop on Zoom on your phone. Hey, guys, I can't wait to be in this movie, right? So it's easy. It's no effort. It's totally easy. There's no reason not to. So I don't think he will be a part of it, but I don't see there being any reason. It would be super easy to have him on. So I'll say there's a 40% chance. I'll say there's a 40% chance that we see Michael Keaton as a part of the panel or of the Q&A that happens in three weeks. Uh, if it was it was a, if it was a regular Comic Con and they'd have to fly him somewhere, put him up, take up all of his time, then I'd say no, not going to happen. But all they got to do is like, hi guys, I'm Michael Keaton talking to you on my new, you know, Samsung Note 20 Ultra. Thank you for having me. You know, that's all he's got to do. It's going to take two minutes of his time. So I still don't think he will, but I'll give it a solid forty percent chance that he does, just because it's so easy. It's just it's just easy for him to do it. All right. Next up, Andrew Ortiz writes, John, I took your advice of doing something every day, no matter how small it is, to accomplish my goals. I am now about to start filming my first full feature film called Geek Taco. Hopefully you can review it one day. May the force be with you. That is awesome, Andrew. You know, I'm always saying that no matter what your goals in life are, no matter what it is you're, you want to do, do something every day, no matter how small it is, that moves you a little bit closer to that goal, right? Right? You want to write a book about 
a college football star? You want to make up a, a narrative about a college football star? Great. You know what you do? Just today, look up some college football stats. Just take five minutes. Look up some college football stats. Maybe tomorrow, um, watch uh, watch a movie about football. Just just sit down and watch a movie about football. Wh- whatever movie. It doesn't matter if it's the whole nine yards or whatever. Anything. Go ahead and watch a movie about football. Um, if you want to watch, if you want to make a movie about a thing, tomorrow pick, pick up a book on Amazon. You don't even have to read it yet. Just get on Amazon and download a Kindle book about writing, about screenwriting. You don't even have to read it. Just every day, do something little or big that moves you a little bit closer. Just don't be stagnant. And then if you do that, three or four months from now, you'll go, holy, sh- look how far I've come. I've actually done all this work, working towards my goal by doing even just a little thing every day. So whether you want to be an architect, you want to be a filmmaker, you want to write a story, you want to be a YouTuber, you want to be a lawyer, you just do something every day, no matter how small, that inches you towards your goal. And that'll turn into momentum. And before you know it, you're going to look behind you and say, holy crap, look how much I've done. And that'll just become more motivated and keep moving forward. So that's awesome, Andrew, and that's motivating. Thank you for sharing that, that, dude. That's inspirational. All right, Man of Steel Rules writes, I've always been a huge Superman fan. Good on you. Uh, But I didn't know that Steven Spielberg was originally tapped to direct the 1978 version, but producers thought his salary demands were too high. I didn't know that either. I also didn't know it it was nominated for three Oscars. I love to learn. I did not know that Steven Spielberg was tapped, was originally being looked at to uh, direct Superman. Hold a second. Let me see if I can find this here. Um, Steven Spielberg Superman movie. Let me see here. Uh, Yeah. Okay, so he wasn't exactly lined up to do it, but he was one of the producer's choices to direct, and he did want to do it. Um, (laughs) And then... But then Alexander, the, the, the owner of the rights at the time, said, uh, let's wait and see how his big fish movie does, talking about Jaws at the time. That's, I got to learn more about that. Thanks for putting that on my radar, man. That sounds fascinating. How, Spielberg's my all-time favorite filmmaker. And I never knew that story. I got to go look that up. All right, Yusuf writes, Ben Affleck is back, bitches. I don't care what anyone says. I'm keeping hope alive for a standalone Batflick movie directed and written by my boy. Listen, you know, that's, I, I don't think that's in the cards. But I think there is a chance, a chance that part of Ben Affleck saying, okay, I'll come and do this Flash movie, but I worked for years on that Batman movie, on that script that I, that I already started storyboarding. I wrote out all the script. I was prepping for that movie. I want to do my Batman movie. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I don't even think it'll happen. I don't think it'll happen. But I think there's a chance that that was part of those discussions, man. And how glorious would that be? All right, next up, an anonymous viewer writes, I love Batfleck, but I personally think the idea of a movie with the various Batman actors sounds like a better YouTube sketch than a movie. But then I, then again, I feel the same way about a live-action Spider-Verse with Maguire and Garfield. Yeah, I do that too. But remember, it's all about what is the story, right? What is the story? Because if it's like some people are suggesting, 
Michael Keaton's going to be in like five to ten minutes of the movie, and Ben Affleck's thing, like some outlets are reporting, is just going to be a cameo. And who knows? Who knows how big it'll be? But if it's done a certain way and done right, it could be perfectly fine. Yes, a Spider-Man movie with Garfield, McGuire, Holland, all in there. Blah, that sounds to me, I agree, like a like a YouTube video more than it does like a feature film. But in a Flashpoint kind of environment, depending on how you do it, it could work. Not only could work, in the hands of a really solid director like an Andy Muschietti, it could work really well. So who knows, man? Who knows? We'll find out soon enough. Like Robert was saying earlier, though, we've seen this Flash movie start and stall four times already. We've seen it start and stall four times over the past three years. So let's see if this one actually gets going. I I have a lot of faith in this. I have a lot of faith that this time they're going to get it going. I have a lot of faith that this time it will. But uh, yeah, well, I still want to see it go into production, though. I still want to see it go into production. All right. uh, Johnny Shivers writes, do you think Ben's scene was just needed for the your one hell of a messenger flashpoint line? It could be. I mean, there were some people speculating yesterday, and I understand why, that if you look at the animated flashpoint thing, right, movie ends with Flash bringing the note to Batman, right? And maybe that's it. And maybe when Andy Muschietti talks about there's it's, it's the heart of the emotional part of the movie. That's a very emotional part of that movie. Like, if you go back to the animated flashpoint, that's a very emotional part. I'm not saying that's what they're doing, but it's possible there are other people speculating that as well. So it, it very well could be Johnny, or it could be much, much, much more. We'll find out soon enough. Uh, Mike Thompson writes, Me, The Rock buying the XFL is the biggest news of August 2020. <laughs> Warner Brothers, hold my beer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, I don't know that The Rock buying the XFL was all that big of a deal. I mean, I like the XFL. I, I, I Let me rephrase. I like the new version of the XFL that they had started with this past year. I thought it was an entertaining game. I thought it was an entertaining brand of football. It wasn't the NFL. Hell, it's not even as good as the CFL, but I thought it was still an entertaining brand of football. The Rock isn't even like the, it's not like he just stepped up and bought it. He's part of an ownership group overall. But still having the rock involved is pretty cool. But yes, listen, I, I don't even think the game is done. I am telling you right now, I think that after tomorrow, which is when DC fandom is, I think we're going to get at least one announcement tomorrow that equals I know that sounds weird, but that equals the Ben Affleck is back as Batman announcement. I think we're going to get at least one announcement tomorrow that is going to equal the surprise and buzz and enthusiasm of Ben being of it being announced that Ben is coming back. Even if it is for just for one movie, who knows? I think we're going to get at least one more. I think we're going to get a lot of big things at, at fandom tomorrow. I think we're going to get great first. We're going to get our first look at the Batman movie. We're going to get our first look at the Suicide Squad movie. We're going to get a brand new Wonder Woman eighty four trailer. I think we're going to get a bunch of announcements. I think it's going to be very very packed. And that's why I think tomorrow tomorrow evening I think I'll do a live stream for us to unpack all of the stuff that we got at DC Fandom. 
And then I'll do my regular um, uh, open mic probably on Sunday instead of Saturday. So I think tomorrow we'll do an unpacking of all the news that we got from DC Fandom. And then on Sunday we'll do our open mic. Uh, so that's the thing, uh, the way I think we're going to go. And speaking of which, guys, listen, we have run out of time. And listen, we are starting to fall behind. Um, on being caught up on the questions because you see we just answered a question that came in 22 hours ago so that's unacceptable uh, but we do have to keep the show to under two hours because of YouTube so we're going to cut things off here but do not worry next show uh, we will do a a, a a live stream tomorrow after late afternoon maybe into the evening to do a recap and an unpacking of everything that comes out on DC Fandom and then Sunday we will do our open mic and we will start off open mic with Johnny Shivers here. Uh, oh, no, sorry. With Mike Thompson. Nope, we already got Mike Thompson. With Johnny Shivers. This Johnny Shivers question. We will start off with that Johnny Shivers questions. And I guarantee on Sunday, it doesn't matter how, if we have to do a four-hour show. We will get through every question. We'll be totally caught up by the end of Sunday. Anyway, guys, that will do it for today's installment of the John Campius Show. Thank you so much for being here, guys. I really appreciate it. I re appreciate Rob being here, taking his time to be here. Appreciation to all of you for taking time out of your day to join us, your fellow fans, as we talk about this stuff. And a special thank you to all you guys who did send in the questions, because number one, you gave us great fun things to talk about. And number two, you supported this channel while you did it. And we will, of course, get caught up through all the remaining questions we have there on Sunday's open mic. Guys, remember, please do the four main things. Stay smart, stay safe, take care of yourselves, and take care of the people around you. My name is John Campia, folks. Thanks so much for being here, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye.